Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're gonna be going in-depth into my 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week number 7 of the 2023 fantasy football season, but before we can get on into the waiver wire pickups for the week, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below, and while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help you out a ton if if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you have any additional questions that you might want answered, or if you want to check out my weekly rankings, you can check that out on my Patreon for $7.50 a month, linked in the video description. So without further ado, let's make sure that we get on in to our 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week number seven of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my first waiver wire ad for week number seven. Jeff Wilson Jr., running back of the Miami Dolphins, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia on Sunday night football. Jeff Wilson is currently owned in 53% of leagues on ESPN and 58.8% of leagues on NFL. I know he is owned in a majority of leagues, so we're going to kind of just go over him in a short manner. But if he is available, he is a must pick up waiver wire option. He was put on IR to start the season and missed the first four games. He was activated off of the IR last week, but was not ready to go up against the Carolina Panthers. This week, I fully expect him to suit up as the running back number two behind Raheem Mostert until Devin A. Chain returns. It feels like you almost have to start both Raheem Mostert and Wilson every single week. This is a backfield that is explosive, mortars, all of that. This is a backfield that is going to score a lot of points. Mike McDaniel, this season, unlike last year, really does believe in the run game. Now, coming from the Kyle Shanahan running system, you would have thought last year we'd see a lot more running out of the Dolphins, but I think Mike McDaniel was a little addicted to giving it to his speedy toys, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and while Tyreek kill is going absolutely fucking nuclear this season. It does really feel as though Mike McDaniel is more committed to the run. Raheem Mostert already has more than 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. Salvin Ahmed, I feel as though, is going to take the back seat in this spot as the RB3. So I think we're going to see a decent amount of Jeff Wilson on Sunday night against the Eagles. And while the matchup isn't perfect, it's not chef's kiss Manu Fweek. It's not a wet dream matchup for Jeff Wilson. This Dolphins offense is too potent and too good for Jeff Wilson to be left on your bench, especially when there are so many teams on by. Next up, we move to Roshan Johnson, running back of the Chicago Bears, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Chicago. 41.8% owned on ESPN for Roshan, 12.8% owned on NFL. Now, Roshan Johnson did miss last week with a concussion that he suffered up against the Washington Commanders the week prior. He missed last week against the Vikings as well. Dante Foreman filled in and ran like the motherfucker was stuck in quicksand. He ran at the speed that old people have intercourse. It was incredibly hard to watch. Even as someone that tried to do the mental gymnastics and talking themselves into Dante Foreman, he looked atrocious. Roshan has, in my opinion, real juice, right? This is a guy that can make the cuts. He can make the plays. And if he starts, he could be a dangerous player for this Bears offense. We 
we've already seen flashes of it this season. We've already seen the flashes of, holy shit, that's why a lot of people were getting down on their knees and giving the Gawk Gawk 9000 to Roshan Johnson in the draft process. This is why, prior to Bijan being the lead back at Texas, Roshan looked so prolific. So, again, I'm not trying to slob on Roshan's knob like it's corn on the cob and tell you that he's the second coming of Barry Sanders or something, but while Khalil Herbert is out, I think Roshan has a lot of upside. Now, it does feel unlikely that Fields is going to play in this game, so Tyson Bagnett is going to be the starter, which will hurt some of Roshan's upside because I think the Bears won't be able to move the balls effectively, but they may try to commit to the run heavily without Justin Fields, and I think Roshan Johnson is going to be fine in that scenario. Next up, we move to another running back, Jordan Mason. The numbers, Mason, what do they mean of the San Francisco 49ers at the code like Minnesota? Vikings, 1.4% owned on ESPN, 0.6% owned on NFL. Now, McCaffrey left the game in the third last Last week in that loss up against the Cleveland Browns with an oblique injury, the belief right now is pretty up in the air on if McCaffrey is going to play, but based upon the projections that a lot of these doctors are putting out now, I say this all the time as I am as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, but it feels like missing one game wouldn't be that shocking, and it feels like Kyle Shanahan's going to be safe, you know, wrap a condom over McCaffrey and say, hey, we're playing up against the Vikings, I know we just shit the bed up against the Cleveland Browns, but we should be able to beat the Vikings, right? So, let's just go ahead and put CMC on ice for one game again. Is that a guarantee to happen? Fuck no, baby. We could definitely see McCaffrey play, but it seems like, at least based upon what I have read, he's going to miss at least one game. Last week, Jordan Mason was the RB25 in PPR up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now the running back finish is prior to Monday Night Football because this video comes out before Monday Night Football is played. Five rushes for Jordan Mason for 27 yards and a touchdown. If there is something that happens tonight between the Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers that would change these waiver wide additions. I will make note of it in the pinned comment. Mason out-touched Elijah Mitchell 5-2. to two. Now, Elijah Mitchell isn't going to have his own piece of this video, but if you are down astronomical at running back, if you're someone with a Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, Texans running back, right, and your running back core is a little decimated, some people might have Mixon and Pollard on the same team, or Pollard and Derrick Henry, Pollard and Brees Hall, right? And you're really scratching at the bit to get a running back. You might have to add Elijah Mitchell. To me, this feels kind of like a guessing game up against the Vikings on Monday Night Football because there's a chance we could see a hefty Mason workload since Mitchell is still recovering from that knee injury, but there's also a chance that they kind of take the straps, the restrictions, the chains off of... Elijah Mitchell here, and Jordan Mason ends up being a bust. So right now, on Monday, it feels like a guessing game. Hopefully, as the week goes along, we get close to Monday Night Football. We have a lot more clarity in this scenario, especially with the health of McCaffrey. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad number four. Jamison Williams, wide receiver of the Detroit Lions, going up against the Baltimore Ravens this week in Baltimore. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. 34.2% owned on ESPN. 44.3% owned on on NFL. Now, Jameson Williams was a guy we talked about last week in the waiver wire ad, as well as talked about him in the wide receiver start sit video that comes out every single Tuesday. And my thoughts on Jameson Williams were very simple. This was a team that in his return game in week five, 
eased him in. They used the just the tip technique. And while Jamison Williams has crazy upside, if he gets just three or two targets in any game, because he is a speedster, he has the burners on his feet, and he could run fast as fuck boy, flash style, and be wide open and catch like a 30-yard bomb and get a touchdown. And then if you sat Jamison Williams, you'd be scratching your head thinking, why did I not start him? Well, the reason why you wouldn't start him is because his workload wasn't going to be ramped up. Like I said, they're using the just the tip technique. Week five, I was correct. Jamison Williams doesn't find pay dirt and he isn't targeted or utilized in the offense very heavily. Then last week up against the Bucks, he's the wide receiver 26 in PPR because on those three targets, he saw two receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Now, again, when you see those stats, you're like, oh, Nick, you're a fucking idiot for telling people to sit Jameson Williams. Well, when you actually kind of dive deep into the stats and don't just look from a surface level standpoint of the three targets, 53 yards and a touchdown, Jameson Williams played the fourth most snaps at the wide receiver position last week against the Bucks. He was outsnapped by Amon Ra, which obviously makes sense, by Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds. And they also have fucking... Sam Laporta there. I almost said TJ Hawkinson, but now he's on the Vikings. I don't know why. When you think of Lions, sometimes you just think of Hawkinson, but they still have Sam Laporta as well. So, Jameson Williams played 23% of snaps. Again, fourth at the wide receiver position. It feels like, to me, Jameson Williams still needs to be ramped up more before I can feel very confident in telling you to start him. Now, again, there's a lot of players on by this week, so you might feel obligated to start Jameson Williams this week, and I would understand it. But again, he is going to be boom or bust until they take the leash off of Jameson Williams. Decent matchup this week against the Ravens. Again, though, it does feel like they're still trying to ease him in. Next up, we move to waiver wire ad player number five, Rashi Rice, wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the LA Chargers. This week, a division rivalry matchup, 30.4% owned on ESPN, 11.2% owned on NFL. Wide receiver 31 in PPR last week versus Denver. Now, Rashi Rice was a receiver that we've been talking about for a decent amount this season. He had four receptions on four targets, four for four like he was at Wendy's for 70 two yards. Now, Rashi Rice had a 52% route rate against the Denver Broncos last week on Thursday Night Football and has led the Chiefs in wide receiver points in five out of six of his games this season, which is very important. The wide receiver core in Kansas City is an absolute fucking minefield. They've got Kadarius Toney. They've got MVS. They have these other ancillary options, but it really does feel like Rashi Rice is the guy. And once we saw Justin Watson exit that game, it really felt like Rashi Rice is now a real player on this Chiefs wide receiver core. And again, he was being the best receiver on their team with limited playtime. And I think now he has earned a true spot in this offense. My problem with Rashi Rice is that we know how this offense works. I joke about it every single week, and it remains to be true. And that is the fact that outside of Mr. Swift, Travis Kelsey, we see that Patrick Mahomes spreads the wealth. He spreads the ball around everyone. He's like fucking Oprah Winfrey. You get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball. So while Rashi Rice is, in my opinion, the most skilled receiver on this team, I was a Sky Moore guy in the offseason, and that appears to be a doozy. I don't think Sky Moore's bad or anything. 
but it feels like the rookie, Rashi Rice, is the guy. And what we typically see out of these rookie receivers is as the season prolongs, they start seeing more and more work, more and more targets. Again, I think on a week-in, week-out basis, it does feel kind of gross to start Rashi Rice because of how much the Chiefs spread the rock around, and they also like to run a lot with Isaiah Pacheco. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, I think Rashi Rice is the wide receiver to own in Kansas City. Next up, we move to my sixth must-add waiver wire option, Sam Howell, quarterback of the Washington Commanders, going up against the New York football giants in New York. 19.1% owned on ESPN, 14.9% owned on NFL. Now, I know the Giants defense locked Josh Allen in a box last week on Sunday Night Football, but ultimately, I do feel like the Giants defense Again, they played well there. But I think it was more of the Bills just not being ready. She wasn't ready. They just literally shit the bed. They did not look ready. Josh Allen was seeing ghosts like his name was Sam Darnold. And they struggled. I don't think the commander's offense is going to struggle as much. Sam Howell, quarterback four, last week up against the Falcons in Hotlanta. 14 completions on 23 attempts for 151 yards and three touchdowns. Now, obviously, three touchdowns is great. That'll get you salivating the night after the game. But he only threw for 151 yards. But, and this is a big but, shout out Kim Kardashian, he had 119.75 passer rating. Four of six games this season with over a 90 passer rating. And in all four of those games, he passed the eye test. He looked really good. Now, I'm not ready to, I've said this for the last couple of weeks, necessarily crown Sam Howell, Biggie Small style, as the franchise guy for the Commanders. But what I'm ready to do is crown him as a start-worthy fantasy football quarterback every single week. Now, there's only going to be one quarterback and one tight end in today's video. So if you are streaming and you're looking for, oh, I need a quarterback off the waiver wire. Maybe Howell isn't available. Maybe this tight end isn't available, even though I think he will be. Ask in the comments. Ask away, and I'll try to help you out at quarterback and tight end. Because again, if you have Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, I weren't starting Brian Tannehill or Zach Wilson or Bryce Young, but you might have CJ Stroud, who you were looking to start, right? All those guys are on by this week, so ask away in the comment section. Waiver wire ad number seven, Michael Mayer, tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders. Going up against the Chicago Bears, 1.4% owned on ESPN, 0.6% owned on NFL. And it's fitting. It's spooky season. It's Michael Mayer season. So it's also, also, it's also Michael Mayer season, baby. Tight end five in PPR up against the Deflatriots last week at home in Viva Las Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer doesn't fucking matter. Michael Mayer was feasting like a fat kid on cake. Five receptions on six targets for 75 yards. Now, the sentiment early on in the season was that the Raiders do not use a tight end, which was the case. But over the last two weeks, we've really seen Michael Mayer kind of step up and even leapfrog over um, Austin Hooper as as the number one tight end on the team. His snap count, like I said, has increased weekly, and he even played 81% of the snaps up against the Patriots. Now, the quarterback situation is definitely unknown this week going into Chicago. Who knows if it'll be Jimmy G? Could it be Aiden O'Connell, or will it be Brian Hoyer? We shall see, but ultimately, the usage of Michael Mayer has been promising enough for me to want to pick him up, and again, especially if you're in tight end hell, right? You drafted one tight end, and, you know, now you don't have them this week. 
you're probably going to need to pick up Michael Mayer. Before we move on into waiver wire ad 8, 9, and 10, as well as the honorable mentions at the end of the video, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and they have a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain how the NFL Pick'em works. Now, you're going to navigate up to the Pick'em tab on Underdog Fantasy, and you are going to need to make at least two picks from any of the games. We are going to be talking about Monday Night Football, Cowboys at LA Chargers exclusively for today's video. So we're going to scroll down, and we're going to go with Jake Ferguson higher than three and a half receptions. I think that Dak Prescott's going to look a little bit better, and I feel as though Jake Ferguson is a pretty key piece inside of this offense. And then we are going to scroll down, since we have to have one guy from Dallas and one guy from the Chargers. We are going to go with Austin Eckler's comeback game higher than 85 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. If both those picks hit, we will get three times our entry fee. If you want to do three picks, it's Six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Obviously, all the picks have to hit for it to pay out. If you guys live in one of the states listed on your screen right now, make sure that you guys do click on the link in the video description or use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give you an additional $100, 50 is an additional $50, $25 is an additional $25, and the minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, we move to must-add waiver wire pickup for week number seven, number eight. Week number seven, number eight. <laughs> week number seven, pickup number eight, Josh Downs. And Josh Downs has been on the Josh Ups. Aha, funny, Nick. Wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts versus the Cleveland Browns. 32.7% owned on ESPN, 25% owned on NFL. Wide receiver 27 in PPR last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville in an effort where the Jaguars literally just smacked them around. This was one of those where the guy just keeps coming back and just get beat the shit out of. Like, if you ever watch like a UFC fight where the guy's just bloodied or boxing and he just keeps coming back in, right? He doesn't want to give up, but his face, he's just getting beaten down. The other guy looks like he went to Wendy's and came back, right? There's literally nothing on his face and the other guy's just getting slaughtered, but he keeps coming back for more. That's basically what the Jaguars did to the Colts last week. Five receptions on eight targets for 21 yards, though he did get a touchdown. Back-to-back weeks with over six targets. Now, it seems like Gardner Minshew loves feeding the rock to Josh Downs. And right now, the outlook on Richardson doesn't look pretty. To me, I think there's a chance that Richardson might end up missing the whole entire season. Now, I think this will be something that kind of comes to fruition soon, right? We'll actually know what's going to happen pretty soon. It doesn't seem like they're going to kind of let this just ride along, right? Like three weeks from now, they're like, oh, uh, actually, Richardson's getting season-ending surgery. I think we'll know pretty soon. But when Richardson, if Richardson returned, I still like Josh Downs, but I definitely feel a lot more confident in Josh Downs with Gardner Minshew under center. Next up, we move to Kareem Hunt, running back of the Cleveland Browns at the Indianapolis Colts, 26.8% owned on ESPN, 20.8% owned on NFL. Now, Kareem Hunt actually had a really solid game as the running back 11 in PPR last week up against the 49ers. Now, there are a couple of things we are going to talk about after we list off the stats here, that could be why we saw Kareem Hunt get the amount of usage 
that he got. So 12 rushes for 47 yards and a touchdown, three receptions on three targets for 24 yards. Jerome Ford played 51% of the snaps with 17 carries, 12 routes run, two targets for a grand total of 91 yards. Now, not a bad game by any means, especially since it was against the 49ers and the starting quarterback was PJ fucking Walker. Hunt, 37% of the snaps, 12 carries, 12 routes, same amount of route runs, one more target, three targets, 471 total yards, 71 total yards, and a touchdown. Now, let's see how this running back room shakes out once Watson is back, because I will say Hunt is certainly worthy of an ad. He's worth throwing your line out there, right, and waiting. But the question is, was this usage of Kareem Hunt because P.J. Walker was under center? Was it because against the 49ers, maybe they believed Kareem Hunt's skill set was better for the team? Or was it simply because of the fact that they came out of the bye week and they realized, oh shit, we should probably try to incorporate Kareem Hunt more. So I think next week against the Colts will be a true tell, right? Is Kareem Hunt actually involved with Watson back? Or was this just an effort to, you know, give P.J. Walker that safety net, that dump off? Because again, Jerome Ford isn't this like prolific pass catching back like Kareem Hunt. So again, something to monitor going into next week. But I definitely think you should add him. Final player to add before we get on into the bonus ads. We got Wandale Robinson of the New York Giants going up against the Commanders. 5.2% owned on ESPN, 0.5% owned on NFL. Wide receiver 20 in PPR last week at Buffalo, tied with Curtis Samuel. Eight receptions on eight targets for 62 yards. Wandale continues to kind of be the number one target in this offense. Doesn't matter if it's Danny Dimes or if it is Tarod Ty God Taylor. Now, Daniel Jones is still in pain. He's a sucker for pain. Call me crazy, but I think I would be more confident in Wandale if Jones was out and Ty Rod was in. Now, maybe that was just pulling a rabbit out the hat. Maybe that was just a lucky game. Tyrod gets lucky, plays good against the Bills. Or maybe it's just Tyrod looks better than Daniel Jones. I mean, Tyrod looked better against the Dolphins once Daniel Jones went out compared to Daniel Jones did basically all fucking games. So, Wandale, again, the wide receiver won on the Giants. That fucking stinks. Like, it feels gross to have to throw him into your lineup. But again, he's got a good matchup this week against the Commanders. There's a shit ton of teams on by. And it seems like... Tyrod and Daniel Jones both like to target him. And again, Daniel Jones is still in pain, so this seems like a week where he might miss. Now into the bonus ads, Craig Reynolds running back of the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens with David Montgomery dealing with a rib cartilage issue. He will be out sometime, according to Dan Campbell. Now, this might just be one week. It might be three weeks. He might get thrown on the fucking IR. Still pretty up in the air. When someone says sometime, to me, that means like a week or two. But again, I try not to read too much into things. Obviously, they still have Jameer Gibbs, but Dan Campbell has shown zero. Ben Johnson has shown zero to us. None of the cards have shown us that they want to really feed or that they really want to feed Jameer Gibbs. Zach Evans running back of the Rams going up against the Steelers with Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers seemingly out. Zach Evans should be the guy. 
How much does that mean, though, when you run with the ferociousness of Zach Evans, which isn't necessarily the best? And then final bonus ad is Jackson Smith Najigba of the Seahawks receiver going up against the Cardinals. Finally started to see more work in the offense, but it's still going to take some time for him to be start worthy. I think if someone dropped in your league and you kind of have a deep team, you might want to add him that league winning upside at the end of the season thank you guys all so much for watching again if you didn't enjoy make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that like button down below if you missed out on the defenses to stream video from earlier today make sure you guys check that out i love you guys all so much again hit that subscribe button hit that like button hope you all have a great rest of your guys day and as always good boy